surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. And challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Barcy. The surf, Duke. All right, so welcome back to Surf Kings of Gotham. I say welcome back because I assume you have faithfully listened to and enjoyed all of the previous five episodes. But if you're not one of the six people that have previously listened, welcome. Lucky welcome number seven. To number seven. Number six. See, this is one of just six listeners. We don't even know what episode we're on. Actually, we do. It's the joke Batman is riled, episode six. That aired January 27th, 1966. The one sentence Wikipedia plot synopsis is the Joker decides to fight fire with fire against Batman with a utility belt of his own. We're in part two of that thrilling epic. And just before we get started, I noticed that I'm awfully behind you sometimes when it comes to noticing things in the background, little bits of trivia, stuff like that. So I have taken to the internet. I went on Facebook to the Batman classic 1966 to 68 TV show Facebook group. And I asked for help. I admitted awesome. my weakness. I asked for help. So there are going to be some tidbits of knowledge brought to you today by that wonderful group. Fantastic. I hope it's all totally made up out of like made up from whole cloth and just headcanon because that would be amazing. And who's going to well, check? And I wouldn't know either way. Although exactly. the first who, one, who's the first one was, yeah. No, but well, yeah, not me. That's why if I if I had the willingness to go do that, I wouldn't have had to ask for help in the first place. I just would have gone to find the information. See, that's but, a good uh, use of your internet time. I use my time on the internet watching Welcome Back, Cotter. That's another show we could cover in the in the future. Yeah, it's similar to Batman in the sense that it's about people who do things, but different in the sense that Welcome Back, Cotter is about a teacher who fails miserably in life and decides to go back to his rundown old high school to teach there. That's exciting. So really, you see how it's so it's very close to Batman. I mean, it, it's hard. Like, sometimes you confuse them. It's very similar premise. That'd be like if Chief O'Hara got tired of like hanging his head in shame and just went back to like teach at police academy or something. I'd watch that. We might have just created something wonderful. Yeah, I totally watched that. So 20 minutes into the show, we'll now start with Batman is Riled. <laughs> so what were your initial thoughts on this episode or your takeaways well the recap as always is fantastic um as this episode opens up the sad music and like the tight close-up shot of batman and robin where robin almost like rests his head on batman's shoulder in <laughs> comfort uh before they get unmasked is hilarious i just absolutely love that shot Burt Ward's yeah. eyes made me uncomfortable in that scene. Like I couldn't tell what expression he was trying to make, but it wasn't the expression that Robin should be making. No, it was it was touching. It was almost like a well, we've met our end. They're about to take our masks off. Let's just hold each other and wait Let's for the cuddle. I can't hear it. Was afraid of. <laughs> That's right. 
I did want to mention here too, before we get too far in, uh, Rick from the wonderful Batman classic 1966 to 68 TV show Facebook group uh, did mention that the clown mask uh, that the Joker wears on the stage here is the same as the Heath Ledger one or inspired the Heath Ledger one. I know you mentioned that last episode, but I forgot when I posted it. So shout out to Rick. Thanks, Rick. We appreciate it. I actually learned what Joker was doing from Breaking Mayberry because they referenced Pagliossi. And I was like, oh, that's like our thing. I'm not cultured. No. I'm still like the circus or the the bear in the car going around as the ballet or whatever. Yes. Um, My favorite part of the recap, which is totally worth watching if you're going to watch this show, like don't skip. If if, if If it comes up and says, skip intro, don't skip the intro. It's Batman. Sing along. And then if it says skip recap, don't skip the recap. Watch the recap. It's all wonderful. You notice things in the recap you didn't notice before. Like when they when they, when they make it still photographs as opposed to running film, you notice, for example, how completely dead-eyed and uninterested all the baseball players are at the jail. So Joker's <laughs> yeah. like delighted to be pitching the ball. And there's a guy standing behind him who's just like, oh, another day. Like they're all clearly on death row and they don't really care anymore. I thought that was pretty or magical. The only instruction they got was don't look at the camera. Yes, exactly. And they don't even like the recap shows Joker's gigantic spring that springs him out of the jail when he escapes in the episode before. And the guys who were in the baseball diamond just kind of look at it, but they look at it like they look at it in the same way that you would look at someone flying overhead with a plane that you know you know oh, maybe that's a plane that has a message on it no just a plane well we're not doing anything let's watch it fly overhead like it's not they're not like oh a giant spring they're more like giant spring i'll be dead tuesday i feel i feel like it would be difficult to be accurate with a giant spring in terms it's not of like a catapult right where you can like control your your trajectory oh. like I thought you just got shot up straight there. I thought you meant on on the part of the actors, like that they would know how to respond to a giant spring, (laughs) which is also a valid point. It's not something you see every day. Yeah, the giant spring thing or a catapult or anything would kill Joker. Like, I really thought about this watching this episode. So they call him the clown prince of crime. But really, Riddler kind of stole his shtick of just this guy who's delighted delighted by his own antics and just causes trouble and is a madman. Joker's more like, like if you were going to describe the Batman villains, you might put under Riddler the master of riddlery, you know, if you're not very clever. But it feels like Joker should say old Spaniard. Like he doesn't doesn't have like... (laughs) He just comes off like a strange man who just survived in the country. Well, and as we get going, he's very Riddler-like too with his like leaving clues and his clever wordplay trying to give them access to their, you know, access to his plan or set him up for something. You know what I mean? Everybody's very... constantly leaving wordplay. Like, except Penguin, whose thing is more that he's old and fat. And he's into birds. He's into birds. Yeah, everything has and, to be and starting businesses to allude to trick <laughs> Batman. So we're thirty seconds in. We should probably like actually pay attention to the episode. Oh, well, the episode. 
okay, well, instead of being unmasked, again, the glorious utility belt, Batman shoots some kind of firework up and sets the sprinklers off. And of course, when the sprinklers go off, the goons automatically just let go of Batman and Robin and like- To look at the water. Hold up their hands. Yeah. Oh? Like, that was pretty great. And Joker's like, well, I see that I hired Will. But but don't worry. So then Joker says, I'll fight fire. Sorry, I'll fight water with fire. And he throws a smoke bomb and that stops the sprinklers because sprinklers stop when there's smoke. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And Joker takes it as an opportunity to immediately run away as fast as he can, which isn't very fast. It's more of like a hobble because Cesar Romero was apparently pretty old when he was doing this part. And the white makeup really emphasizes that. We should look that up. I'm going to look that up. How old was he? I do love, though, that when he like he runs off, he's trying to escape, but he runs off and, and comes up on one of the catwalks over where the the uh, stage was. But Batman runs after him. I really thought Batman was going to hurl a bomb at him because that's just what Batman does is throws explosives around. So I was kind of surprised when they made him stop and spend a good, you know, solid five minutes tying a rope to the battering. Yeah, but first he's like, he like hops back and forth for a minute as he's running away. And then he's like, I'll go after him. And then he like runs after him. But there's some hesitation there for sure. Yeah, Batman was clearly done with this whole thing. Cesar Romero was born in uh, 1907. So he would have been, what, 58? Something like that. Nine years old. 1966, 58, which is like 104 now. So then Batman chases after... uh, the joker who's up on the catwalk batman skedaddles up a rope oh but first the greatest part where he says i hope this doesn't depress you and he cuts a rope and drops a sandbag almost crushing uh batman that's when batman then takes five minutes to tie a rope to a batarang to throw it to go up there to catch him batman and jokers like the way they go back and forth between being very very antic and then very eh, whatever like they 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 give you tonal whiplash with the, with their their whole being enemies because one moment batman's like uh oh fine i'll go after him and then he's chasing after him and then joker's trying to drop a sandbag on him but then batman skedaddles up a rope which is the only word i can find to describe what batman does to a rope <laughs> and joker's like oh i see you made it and they just kind of stare at each other before Joker throws something else at him. Like there's a there's it's not like you're used to seeing Batman and Joker being like, I hate you. This is more like, are we done yet? Can we go? Well, no. So they're on the catwalk and Batman pulls out bat cuffs. So he's got bat-shaped handcuffs that he's going to use to arrest the Joker because he's a duly deputized member of the Gotham City Police Department. And Joker even calls him copper. And then he uses his utility belt and throws confetti at him, he calls it, uh, which is like that curling ribbon that you use to wrap Christmas presents or or whatever, and uh, wraps yeah, him up wasn't completely. Confetti. No, definitely wasn't confetti, but he calls it confetti. And then he wraps him up in ribbon. Uh, very difficult to escape ribbon. Ribbon that wrapped itself around him really quickly and tightly. Like It was more impressive yeah. than Spider-Man's webs. And I'm basing that on my preferred Spider-Man the 1970s version. Of course. The one that had no powers whatsoever. <laughs> and also <laughs> moved really, really slowly. 
So then Robin skedaddles up a rope to the catwalk. Again, I can't think of a word to describe what they're doing to a rope outside of skedaddle. That is skedaddling for sure. Then it's the um, most uninspiring looking way to climb a rope I've ever seen. So the Joker escapes. Robin thankfully helps untie this uh, magic boa constrictor confetti ribbon. But heaven help us all if the Joker's utility belt proves to be Batman's ultimate undoing. That's a line that's repeated multiple times in the next few minutes here, which is great. Everyone claims it as their own. Um, yes. And I like, too, the next scene when they're racing back to the Batcave. It's daytime. I was pretty sure that when they went to the TV studio where Joker was doing Pagliossi, it was night. And I based this on, one, why would they be showing this? Why would they show it, period? But why would they not show this at, like, prime time as opposed to 11 in the morning? And the fact that they kept cutting back to that bar where the, where the sad divorced people were. And, again, there's a lot of them there. And I know day drinking is a thing. I work in advertising, but like it seemed, it's, I really thought, I really had the impression this is like nighttime, nine, ten-ish. I didn't, I didn't think it was middle of the morning. But then the next scene, Batman and Robin are hauling ass back to the Batcave, and it's broad daylight, which makes the whole thing all seem a lot sadder. Well, maybe it took longer than normal to untie that. Uh, that where they probably got retied up in that magic ribbon it took a while they were there half the night so then they show a weird scene where the batmobile drives into the bat cave twice did you see that i didn't yeah so he's racing down the road and he drives straight into the hole and then it smash cuts to a different angle on the hole and he drives back into the hole oh. just a little bit of trivia that i noticed damn it i always miss all the trivia so then they're watching TV, uh, watching the the newscaster tell a story about his his son Harold, only eight, uh, saying his prayers, asking for I don't even remember. Watch over mom and dad, and thank you for my dog Spot. Yeah, please says, let let Batman and Robin kick that old man's ass. No, 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 no. He says Harold says. God, please watch over mommy and daddy and my dog Spot and Batman, if you can hear me, like all one prayer. Batman's probably watching him, though, if that's... He's got that magic bat scope thing that he gets to look through buildings with. Batman, They're in a weird Batman cult. <laughs> and I like when they cut to the commissioner's office and they start asking him questions about if Batman's really been defeated this time. And Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hare are both like, yep. No, it's even better because he's like, I certainly hope not. Yeah. Like that's his. And then heaven help us all if Joker's utility belt proves to be their ultimate undoing. And, and then Chief O'Hara like climbs across his lap to get to the <laughs> microphone and says, amen. And like Chief O'Hara can... keeps eyeing the camera like, this is all lies. We, th we know he's dead. Like he keeps looking at the camera like, <laughs> Can they tell we're lying and have no faith at all in Batman? Chief O'Hara is not smooth about it at all. Amen. Amen. So then Batman is, turn it off, Alfred. I don't want to watch this awful TV show proclaiming my defeat, my ultimate undoing. But Robin says, wait, 
And then they were, so that's where the Joker and his goons are taking over the TV studio. Yeah, and it was annoying to me how they wanted to, like, I get they were trying to convey there was chaos in the TV studio, but they kept shaking the camera on Batman's end. So when you were looking at the cam- at the TV that Batman was supposed to be watching, they kept moving the camera around, and it, w- it was just weird. Like, it was it was not pleasantly weird. Well, it's because the cameraman, when they cut back to the studio, the cameraman is tied up in ribbon. No, I got that, but Batman's TV shouldn't be moving. And it was absolutely moving around the screen. Well, TVs in this universe are magical, though, because you forget in the two episodes previously, the Penguin's TV uh, starts emitting smoke. When oh, that's right. A... That's right. What you do on one side of the TV affects the other side. That's right. Yeah, there's an explosion on the other end of the TV, so then his TV starts blowing purple smoke. That's so. right. I forgot about that. I was, I was thinking about normal pedestrian TVs, not Gotham City TVs. Well... That will prove to be your ultimate undoing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So in this scene now, Joker goes up to the the host of the TV show, uh, shakes his hand, has a joy buzzer in his hand, and it immediately just knocks him unconscious. Yeah, which was just, a lot like, different from to one side and a guy alive. Yeah, which makes sense because you'd think, okay, it's instead of just like spinning around and tickling it's electrical or something so he's electrocuting the guy but in this case it's just like shake hands and you're out right and joker when joker takes over the the news broadcast he really sells my concept of you wouldn't so much call joker fairly the clown prince of crime but crazy old spaniard because he keeps looking at the camera with his eyes bugged out of his head and like shouting things but it's not threatening it's more like oh he needs his medication he's still a better talk show host though than many of the talk show hosts we have on tv today or the guy who went off on a weird tirade about how his son worships batman yeah yeah like i would i would take well i would either take the weird tirade son worshiping harold's dad host or i would take caesar romero full joker makeup interviewing weird henchmen and masks <laughs> over like jimmy fallon for example james corden yeah awful both very awful they won't be on the show now there was a real chance <laughs> well they were never invited true they were never invited true um and at least when caesar romero laughs at his own stuff or breaks on camera that's like in the script he's supposed to do that right he needs some sort of pills yeah it's not you just don't have the ability to hold your hold a straight face right say i love how joker like gives them a clue and he offhandedly mentions the word blindfold and then they cut back to the bat cave where batman's trying to figure it out and alfred and robin look at him like they expect him to get it any moment now and batman just stares at them for a whole beat and then he says (laughs) blindfold and they look at him like oh god we're doomed (laughs) well in fairness they weren't expecting to have to uncover a riddle in this episode because it's the joker it's not the riddler so right right they're off their beat a little bit but yeah the hint that joker gives him here before the police show up and they run away from the studio is uh he who laughs last laughs good so then robin says holy grammar And then they're trying to figure out, again, is it a blindfold? Maybe the blindfold has something to do with it. 
I don't think Alfred yeah. and Robin thought it had anything to do with the blindfold. That was just an offhanded reference. But Batman was really stuck on that blindfold. Like he was staring at them with utter confusion and, and then said, Blindfold. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of that episode of The Simpsons when Lisa couldn't solve that problem on the back of her, like on the back of her milk carton, and she thought she yeah. was stupid, like like the rest of the Simpson <laughs> family, because even Ralph could get it. That's what that reminded me of. <laughs> that's true alfred like, says i think master robin has got it and he's like what really i did he's like yeah, yeah the grammar thing though not whatever foolishness you said uh one does one does not laugh good one laughs well yeah batman and, and robin really had no idea what was going on and it turns out that gotham city is being protected by alfred pennyworth yeah he's the only one that isn't a complete buffoon he really this is entire series, he the whole thing together you Which all is good because a million times over because of Alfred. That grammar lesson leads Batman to, of course, Professor James J. Laughwell. Didn't he just get back from Africa with a bunch of priceless blindfolded antiques? Yeah, and, and isn't he also named Laughwell, a name I've never heard in my life? Yes, but that's good. That's very smart. Very smart sleuthing on all of their parts what a good team they make what a good team alfred makes for himself so then they're casually driving down the streets of gotham at nighttime because batman can't drive like a maniac when it's dark outside but they're playing like this dramatic music like as he like drives about five miles an hour because it's like what the last longest warehouse or something it's called that they have to break into because that's where these african blindfolded statues are kept and i love that batman gets out of the car and you can see like the eight miles of rope he has to attach to the battering and then he says to robin stand like stand clear and this time robin doesn't even move he just yeah there's no and leans on the car there's no two inch hop this time yeah Yeah. there's no two inch hop to the side like he had to stand clear before because he's got this he's seen this enough times now this is episode six that thing's I decided not that if that thing corrodes into my head and kills me, it's a good thing. So they climb the side of the building. This time they stop while they're climbing the building and have a conversation, which I feel like if you were actually climbing a rope up the side of a building, you probably just want to get up to the top. Yeah, they stop and talk about how little Harold feels. A boy who yeah. may not even exist based on the cockamamie story that his supposed dad told on the news. Robin's right. like, I just want to give up. And Batman's like, think about little Harold, chum. Weird that you're thinking about him, but okay. Sure. Yeah, that's right. What are you thinking about while you climb this building? Oh, little Harold. An eight-year-old boy. <laughs> you're getting a little long in the tooth there, Robin. You're no longer a boy. I'm going to have to trade you in for a little Harold. You're clearly in your mid-20s. So then they burst into the little, like, the storeroom where Joker apparently has his hideout, and Batman punches a box out of a dude's hand. Yeah, I like that there's no weight to any of those boxes. They just like, there's a, there's a lot of throwing things going on in this fight, but it's all like balloons that are made to look like barrels and stuff. So it just like harmlessly like float away as you throw them. I also like how this fight had no sound effects and no like, no like da-da-da-da-da-da-da music with it. So yeah, it was just no Batman and Robin beating up unathletic old men. And there's a part where Robin jumps on Joker's back and starts to punch him in the head. And I was like, good God. Yeah, that wasn't even in the script. He yeah. just, he's off his medication. So he's just like 
spider monkey and people. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually counts as documentary footage. So then Batman and the Joker end up locked in a grapple, rolling around on the ground, struggling against each other. Um, but Joker gets away, says, everyone run away. And they run away. And Batman, quick to grab his utility belt, throws what he, I assume would be some kind of bat-related bomb at them, as he's known to do when people are <laughs> fleeing. Yes. But instead, the explosion is confetti and ribbon and a bunch of messages on parachutes, which leads me the, to wonder what he actually threw. The messages that came out of the little capsule were sad. Like, one says, fooey on Batman, and then the other says, poor boy wonder, and then the third one says, hooray for the Joker. Joker took time to make these. <laughs> or had someone make them for him, like one of his henchmen. Either way, it's sad. I assume being like 1960... And he had like a little drawing of his face put on the buckle of the belt. Batman doesn't have a, a drawing of his face on his belt, but Joker has a drawing of his face on his belt. Well, I assume that being 1966, they probably had uh, the female henchman, the queenie there. She probably stayed behind and, and did the sewing. She did the embroidery. Yeah. That was critical to this criminal plan. Oh, I forgot to mention, though, the throw that Batman does where he's throwing this capsule or whatever that turns into the exploding confetti bomb with messages is uh, is amazing. It's like he's like a child learning to throw with his off. It's like a right-handed child learning to throw with his left hand for the very first time. And also, he just woke up uh, from a coma. It's the it's just the most it's the weakest funniest looking throw of anything i've ever seen in my entire life i was really trying to but, read the the one when the newspapers start going by to talk about how batman and robin failed again i i paused it several times to read the other headlines and none of them were good and i was disappointed i was applying i was it, it was really my fault i applied simpsons logic to a show that was pre-simpsons but you don't see enough spinning newspaper exposition these days that was no my you really don't I, love i love just like and like just the spinning newspaper with the headlines that tells you what's going on in the story love it absolutely spinning newspapers and what happens to the characters at the end like animal house are two of my favorite things that people don't do enough of what if they combine the two we should do something where spinning newspapers reveal what happened to the characters at the end yeah there you go combining two wonderful things like um as much as i love this show it would be awesome if at the end of each episode they have like a little Animal House blurb for all the characters of what happened after the episode ended. Like, like it says, um, Dick Grayson continued to yell about Chopin. <laughs> and then it says... And punch his fist. And punch things. the air ang angrily. And Harriet was concerned. Well, that was like that Square One TV show that used to be on. I used to watch it after school all the time. And it was like a, a math-related sketch comedy kind of show that taught kids math. And at the end, I think I sent it to you a couple times. At the end, they had MathNet, and it was a dragnet spoof where the mathematicians solved crimes. Yeah, it was like a yeah. a thing that took place every. It was the last segment of the show every day for five days. So on Friday they would solve the crime. It would just keep the mystery would keep growing until Friday when they solved the crime. But at the end they would it would always it was very pun heavy and and very funny because it was obviously a spoof. And they would show the criminal at the end and say what what happened to them what they got anybody involved with that story we we did get their backstory found out how much time they spent in jail and what 
funny pun-related crime they were charged with. And what funny pun-related abuse they suffered in prison. <laughs> they didn't quite go there, but it was a kid's show, so I'm sure you can just piece it together with your own knowledge of the of penology. Yes, now that, that <laughs> was gleaned from Warden Crichton's awful, awful theories. Okay, so now they're in the Bat Cave. They have the clever replica of Joker's utility belt that must have been slipped on him during the struggle on the hyperspectrum analyzer. Which is just some flashing lights. That's right. Just like all of their other stuff, but it's labeled hyperspectrum analyzer, so that's uh, that's what it is. I'm just ex- I'm surprised that they brought that utility belt back to the Batcave. I mean, I know they bring everything back to the Batcave, but based on their complete inability to deal with curling ribbon, like the chance of that like exploding and like wrapping them up forever until someday Aunt Harriet stumbles upon the Batcave and comes down there with like crafting supplies and scissors to cut them loose right My that point uh, i don't know why they take that risk right like batman has an a bat anti-firing pin laser beam but he does not have the capacity to deal with ribbon right. i'm baffled yes exactly he's got he's got like 20 lasers on his belt but he can't deal with some ribbon he can secretly without being noticed, burn the firing pin off of a revolver with a laser beam while driving. Yes. But he can't deal with ribbon. Yeah, that's his downfall. It's his kryptonite. <laughs> it is. Uh, so some little bit of trivia here that comes up in this scene that I got from the Facebook group. This comes from Mark. First of all, the narrator, uh, we know it's it's the producer, Bill Dozier, but he apparently the the character of the narrator has a name and it's desmond doomsday okay that's weird i did a quick i did a quick google search and i did find like that that is a thing that's been discussed i think he brought it up in an interview i don't know if it's officially listed anywhere but it's his show so uh what he says goes the narrator's name is desmond doomsday and this is the first time in the series so far that he says his classic what's this line so two bits of trivia from mark on the facebook group thank you mark we appreciate it doing our jobs for us you'll receive no pay just as we do yes exactly but you'll receive the adulation of the possibly seven people that are listening to this podcast including yourself maybe hopefully we'll see so then the next a uh, newspaper they show to give you some more exposition dump is Batman and Robin to christen new liner SS Gotham to be launched tomorrow. So Batman and Robin have failed so miserably that Gotham City is under a massive crime wave, but they're still going to be at, a, at the christening of a new cruise liner. The Commissioner Gordon set up. I still don't understand why the Commissioner of the Police Department is the one setting up these publicity events for the Gotham City cruise lines or whatever or steamship lines it's entirely possible i think that i don't know what a commissioner does versus a police chief so it's entirely possible that they meant mayor and they just had to go with that because commissioner gordon's an established character in the comics i guess but even then i don't feel like the mayor is the one said oh maybe whatever doesn't really matter gotham city politics are above my head yeah yeah and also fictitious they can do yes. whatever they want exactly 
cut back to Joker's headquarters, where you really get a good look at just how worn and weathered his goons are. And he went from like five goons to having just two of them left in this scene. That's because Robin, off his medication, probably physically assaulted them and put them out of commission. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the Before the cameras were rolling. And they're dressed like newsies again with their little flat hats and their little vests. I like that look. I wish more goons looked like that. Joker always dresses as goons and nothing but the finest. So this is where we discover the Joker's plan to take over this cruise ship, steal it, whatever, capture Batman and Robin uh, with a champagne cork that he pulls out of his utility belt. Uh, no explanation needed, but he puts it in a bottle of champagne, seals it up, gives it to Queenie, the his mall, and uh, sends her away. So that's he a big really part of the plan. Putting that crap in the in that champagne bottle, like they, they, there was some real struggle with that. Joke, like Caesar Romero, to his credit, kept smiling, but he was like, "Damn it, get in there!" Like it wasn't a smooth, like plop, it's in the bottle now. It was like now we're gonna watch someone struggle again. Well, putting a champagne, you can't put a champagne cork back in a bottle of champagne. They like mushroom or whatever. They. No, no, no. I meant, the, I meant the, the, the capsule he puts in the bottle to explode before he even even begins to struggle with the cork itself again. Like he pulls, right. he opens it and he's going to put the gas inside, which you find out is gas later. 40 year old, uh, more than 40, 60 year old spoilers. Um, but when he's putting a little capsule inside, he really struggles to get it in there. But it's a re the capsule, the, the gas itself comes from a cork. It's a replacement cork. He's putting a, a gassing cork in this bottle and then puts the foil back on it uh oh, gives it so to the I'm girl asshole. to crimp got it okay got it i think so yeah yeah okay usually yeah yeah that's what my wife so, says well she's wrong about things when it comes to comedy so she might be wrong about that she could be you know keep a whatever okay keep your chin up kyle yeah i was gonna call you chum somehow but i couldn't think of anything to say with it I was going to call you chum, but that seemed disingenuous. <laughs> so we cut to the christening of the SS Gotham. Batman and Robin are there. Bruce Wayne is running late for some reason, even though he's the majority shareholder in the Gotham steamship line. So he should be there. Um, I don't know where he's at. I hope nothing's wrong with him. There's a point where when Commissioner Gordon says that, Batman cuts his eyes to Robin like, uh. And then later on, he makes this he makes this expression with his mouth, like he's like popping his tongue. And I'm like, could you be more subtle that you're Bruce Wayne? Well, he doesn't bother to disguise his voice or any of his mannerisms, so I, no, he's gonna get caught one of these days. It's not like the police are gonna catch him. Maybe some of these some of these Gotham citizens standing around would. Well, except the Gotham said the Gotham citizens that are standing around are just there to heckle. That one guy is just like, hey, Batman, what are you doing here when you should be out catching the Joker? That was the and newscaster. Just like, <laughs> was it? Yeah, that was the newscaster. <laughs> he came to the, to the christening of the ship to heckle Batman. <laughs> and he says, hey, what are you two guys doing out here when the Joker's taking <laughs> over the city? And then later on that they night, he's like, thank you for tuning in to Gotham News at 9. Like he totally changed his voice to heckle Batman. They should have had other people there too from previously in the episode. Like little Harold should have been there, like in a wheelchair or something, like right, looking like he was gonna die. And like that drunk guy from the bar could have been there with his mother-in-law. 
know? yes who looks just like the joker but without the makeup <laughs> just freakish and i love when the when the newscaster heckles them it cuts to robin and robin's like just see <laughs> i'd kill you if i had my gun <laughs> if i was yeah, allowed to have a laser i'd burn your face off <laughs> Um, so they keep so, wondering about Bruce Wayne and then finally Batman says let's get on with the christening <laughs> I gotta go drinking so this whole shows up with the, the christening was just one of the best things in the show so far I love the boat I love the ship because it's obviously just like some wood one like like a yeah like a piece of wood but they show up so she brings the champagne Batman, being the world's greatest detective, realizes something is amiss. Uh, we don't know what yet, but suddenly he comes down with a headache. So he's going to take a, a loose pill he's got tucked in his utility belt. Yeah. Uh, and he insists that Robin take one as well, because and headaches might Gordon be contagious. Commissioner Gordon watches this with the same sort of horror the viewers at home should have. Like, what the hell am I seeing here? Yeah, like, why are you making this boy take a pill? And he doesn't want to take the pill. And it doesn't make any sense for him to take the pill. But you're like, doctor's orders, Dick. Yeah. Robin's like, oh, gosh, Batman, I don't have a headache. And Batman's <laughs> like talking through his teeth. Doctor's orders, chum. And Commissioner Gordon, pill. Commissioner Gordon's like, should I be concerned as an officer of the police? Take the pill, or you'll remember our fishing trip. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> bad news. Where's Aunt Harriet when you need her? Aunt Harriet should have been there heckling. Boo, Batman! <laughs> How dare you? Exposing a young boy with his exposed legs to such criminality. Okay, so they christen the ship, the SS Gotham, uh, smash the champagne bottle, gas pours out. Uh, no, no, paralyzing Batman gas. Christened the, the SS Gotham City. It's supposed to oh, be right. called the SS Gotham, and Batman can't even get that right. Well, he doesn't <laughs> want to give away that he is the primary, in his alter ego, he's the primary shareholder of the Gotham City steamship lines. He basically said, I christened this ship the Gotham Boat. <laughs> and then the paralyzing gas comes out, everybody collapses joker and his goons show up and carry them off around the corner of the ship and we cut to back in the joker's lair joker's lairs always look like a homeless man's shelter i mean that's fair like they're just short of being under an overpass with, with like a burning barrel <laughs> yeah some beans <laughs> they should do that one one time they should have goons that are just homeless guys i mean they already pretty much are but like with like signs and everything like that episode of the simpsons where homer starts panhandling to make money for his anniversary present and then robin could feel even more justified in beating them because this is their fault if only they worked harder like me and bruce yeah, wayne pull yourself up by your bootstraps right <laughs> like me and bruce wayne did you just have to take it let yourself be taken advantage of by a rich guy and you'll be fine weren't you a carney who was adopted by by a trust fund baby like me and bruce wayne did <laughs> So then, so in the proud tradition of Batman escalating like crazy in the second episode, um, they went from wanting to unmask him to Joker has hired a full-blown executioner with a giant axe to behead them on TV. That's true. That was a little bit, uh, well, you know, if the unmasking didn't work, we'll unhead them. Yeah, and then we'll take the mask off their faces. 
Yeah, it's a full execution. So, like it's a dude dressed all in black with like medieval gloves and a kilt for some reason. Yeah, the old timey hood. Yeah, and a giant axe. Uh, okay, Batman but... villains like the, they haven't figured out that, and then and they may not. It's Batman, but the climax is always like, well, we've done several fights and we've done several things, and normally with a plot you escalate things, and this kind of leads to a climax, but. Really, what can we do except completely go off the damn rails and come up with things like, what if Joker hired an old-fashioned medieval executioner? Or Penguin had some sort of large 10,000-degree stove? Well, it works in this case because Joker's on the... He's commandeered the TV broadcast again and says, give me the deed to this ship or yeah, my old-timey executioner is going to chop their heads off. But on TV! In daytime, yeah. you're drunk and uh, long but long of course, yes. but of course, Batman and Robin are just playing possum. So up they come, and Joker says, "Egads, what sorcery is this?" Yeah, which was pretty great. Now this is the fight where they must have realized somewhere along the way that none of this makes any sense because <laughs> all the lines in this are just like put over top of the fight scene. Like there's no. No dialogue. No really. it's just, to it. Like it's not like they punch somebody and it makes a sound effect. It just says things like "awk" randomly. That's right. But while they're fighting, you just they're reading their lines off camera. So they're just like, "No sorcery, Joker. Just a universal drug antidote." Yeah, like, they kept talking knew, during the fight, which was weird. And you yeah, really notice they how weird that is. Like they do that in comic books all the time because otherwise it would be just a lot of panels of people wrestling with each other and really underscore the whole homoerotic thing. But when you do it in a TV show, it underscores how weird it is that they're still having a dialogue in the middle of a fight. But in this case, again, this is where they uncover the plot point. Like, how did, how did you know to take a universal drug antidote? Well, the, the exact replica of your utility belt that you gave me, uh, when we studied it, we found a poison cork. And we knew that that was your plan when we saw the bottle of champagne. That's the yeah. stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, if you're the Joker and you're going to trick him with your replica utility belt, you're going to slip it on him during the struggle. Why would you give him a copy that's so exact? It's got the key to your entire, it's got a poison cork in it. Just like, why do you have that in your utility belt, for one? And for two, why are you giving a copy of it to Batman? I don't understand why, why you would have a champagne cork, a poison champagne cork in one of your little buckets on your belt again though i think you're mistaking joker as the clown prince of crime like he is in other versions of batman like a tv show like the animated series or movies and this joker is more strange old spaniard that's true i guess you'd want to have you never know when you're going to need a paralyzing gas champagne cork so my bad i take it back you're right joker and i like how in the fight first off what i was going to say was there's a sound effect that says yow and the o and yow has a tongue that quivers um yeah. very very seductively but then i like how in the middle of the fight i know it's stuntmen and it's not really caesar romero and adam west but when you suspend disbelief it looks like batman is really knocking the hell out of caesar romero <laughs> and like i haven't seen batman's punches look that effective yet and he's like just just gliding with his face like there's a line from futurama 
where they became superheroes and the narrator said get ready to have your face punched to custard that's what happens here <laughs> like batman's just wailing on the strange old spaniard well maybe he made him mad off camera or something so he wanted to take it out on him here one of the little oranges that was flung <laughs> at caesar Romero i was gonna say he took adam his orange <laughs> yeah adam adam west ate his orange so then he was then he found out what it was and got mad we should take this moment to explain references to oranges so uh caesar romero apparently according to hollywood hollywood rumor mill of 1960 something um the only way he could really get off sexually was to have like interns come to his trailer and throw little slices of orange at his naked ass so anytime we mention oranges that's what we're referring to (laughs) uh yes so again as you mentioned the uh just to have the official recap uh the fight sound effects in this case are awk bam crunch the aforementioned eow with the tongue in the o uh crack and oof i think eow was my favorite just for the visual but i think crack was my favorite for the fact of robin broke someone's bones and it's spelled with two r's and three a's yes and when the fight ends robin's tying them up like tying up joker and his goons and joker's looking at him like he's just disturbed by robin's presence he's like (laughs) ew I love Joker's expression <laughs> on his face. Which uh, now it's time that concerned and troubled looking in the vicinity of Robin. He's seen some shit. Robin jumped on his back and punched him in the head 14 <laughs> times. Uh, now he's got to apologize or just slink away. Yeah. So then Batman calls a woman who's clearly in her 30s a poor, deluded child for thinking she could use her sexual wiles to get out of going to, going to Gotham City jail for five minutes. That's correct. Uh, also, uh, from Mark on the Facebook group, this is the only two-part Joker episode uh, where his mall is seen to be arrested. They get away every so other all the other time ones. Because they get away, or morning. or yeah, she uses her. She's no longer deluded. She's going to go for it. Right. Who was that from? Uh, that was also from Mark on the Facebook group. Mark is a knowledgeable, knowledgeable man. Thank you, Mark. So then we cut back to Wayne Manor and uh, the weird newscaster whose son worships Batman is telling everyone about how the um, worst crime wave in Gotham history, which wasn't so bad they had to put off christening a ship, is now over and all of Gotham City can sleep peacefully in our beds, secure in the knowledge that, as I assured my small son Harold, just eight years old, yes, Harold, I said, there is a Batman and Robin the boy wonder i want so bad to i I imagine and and want to see a scene where like the lou grant guy who runs the news studio is like what was that (laughs) you don't even have a son you're just a heckler (laughs) how did you get in here isn't this you at the gotham city at the gotham ss gotham cruise line christening heckling batman You apostate. Uh, you go from worshiping Batman to saying, Well, I'm gonna go to the christening and heckle him. Hey, Batman, do your job. Uh, I wish I would have realized that was him. Yeah, I was delighted when I saw him at the christening. So then Aunt Harriet comes comes in and turns off the TV they're watching 
and Batman, like Bruce Wayne, shoots a laser through her with his eyes. Like, <laughs> who the hell do you think you are? And she's I pay like, for that TV. Exactly. I bought this house. <laughs> she's like, Bruce Wayne, how could you be exposing a young, impressionable boy like our half crazed dick here with such <laughs> such criminality on TV? Sorted yeah, goings time, on. It's time for your piano lessons. Come along, Dick. And he says, Golly G minor, Bruce, do I have to? And he says something along the lines of, um, don't mess with Aunt Harriet. I doubt Batman would. Or something yeah, like that. It's weird that he asked Bruce that question when she's his Aunt Harriet. I'm pretty sure that even though that man owns you and your family for the rest of eternity, <laughs> that um, you know, she's your she's your relative and seems to have seems to be in charge somewhat. You should listen to her, not completely put all your cards on the table and say, what do you think, honey, to Bruce? Well, and they automate, like they already covered the importance of music being the universal language and stopping war and Chopin and stuff in the beginning of, of the last episode. So Dick must have forgotten because now he's whining about having to practice piano again. Yeah, I love how but, Harry gets there to doll down the gay, but it seems like that she totally fails. Yeah. But don't worry, Alfred's going to save the day by saying, don't worry, Master Dick, I'll get you some milk and cookies. That you can eat while you're playing the piano. That's a, that's a thing you can do with humanly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Get the piano all dirty, too. Just come on into our house and turn the TV off and get crumbs <laughs> over the piano, you animals. When I said make yourself at home, I didn't really mean that. You when I said make yourself at home, people. I meant you can stay for the night. Not I expect you to come <laughs> touching my shit. Now I have to take this boy fishing all the time. So next week narration set just simply says Batman versus Mister Freeze. Well, that's exciting. The first of three Mister Freezes. I'm very excited to get into that one. That's the one I have. These last six episodes, a uh, little peek behind the curtain. We've been talking about doing this podcast for a long time before we actually got around to being able to do it. I have watched these last six episodes countless times, and I am excited to get onto episodes that I haven't really watched yet yeah i hope that my sanity will hold out for one more episode that i've seen a hundred times i hope and with so that too. upbeat note that left us in complete awkward silence i'll now do the wikipedia notes for this episode the joker calls his villainous game show on tv which was the scene where they took over the newscast and they all had masks on it wasn't really a game show what's my crime based loosely on goodson todman's favorite guessing game What's My Line, CBS, 1950-1967. Cesar Romero actually appeared a couple of times on What's My Line. He appeared as a mystery guest on December 14, 1952, and as a guest panelist on September 29, 1957. I don't know who Goodson and Todman are, and I could probably figure it out by like silently breathing into the microphone and researching it for a minute, but since I don't want to do that, we'll just assume that they were people who ran the catering for the show. <laughs> well, it sounds better than anything that's currently on television. Yeah. Yeah. Television still airs. Everything was streaming now. I honestly don't know. I haven't, haven't, I haven't paid for regular TV in a long time because I live in 2022 and everything we do is streaming on our phones. I know it upsets David Lynch and keeps him awake at night, but I, I see it as kind of returning the favor. Absolutely. 
William Dozier says the words, what's this, for the first time, which you mentioned, it became a go-to phrase for anyone imitating his breathless narration. The Joker breaking into TV podcast is an adaptation of him breaking into radio broadcast from Batman number one. The gimmick was also used in the comic book story The Laughing Fish by Steve Englehart, as well as the 1989 film Batman, the 1992 animated series, and 2008's The Dark Knight. So really, they've been rehashing the Joker plots from 1938 for like the last almost 100 years. Good job, guys. <laughs> Joker's opera... Oh, God. It says again, Joker's opera mask is similar to that worn by Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. What? Yeah, it says that again. They're they're really they're really adamant about the fact that Heath Ledger wore that same mask in the Dark Knight. And then it also says again, many events in this episode are based on the Silver Age or on the Silver comic book story. I don't know what that means, Silver comic book story. Batman number 73, the Joker's utility belt. Maybe it means Silver Age, like 60s, but uh, Batman 73, so. yeah. I don't know how that math would work out. Anyway, we learned that last time. We learned it, and I'd already unlearned it. Thanks again, Wikipedia, for forcing me to, re to rehash that. The entire two-part adventure constitutes a rather rather a deep commentary on the influence of television and newspapers informing public opinion, especially when the media rail against the dynamic duo. One man even shouts at the two as they are about to christen the SS Gotham. Hey, what are you two guys doing here when the Joker's taking over the city? So there we go. That's right. We didn't mention that part, but when Dick is all like, I hate the media. They're awful for making us look so bad. And Batman's like, oh, settle down. It's their job to report the truth, even if it makes us look bad. It, well, our responsibility is to the citizens of Gotham who are counting on us. And he's like, golly, Bruce, you're right. How could I be so selfish? So that's it. I didn't realize there was a bigger message there, but hey. Yeah, I Trust think I the media. That, recognized it was a message, and then like my brain started playing an old timey cartoon for a minute until they stopped talking about that and moved on. Like the makes idea of learning anything makes me go into defensive mode. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, Surf Kings of Gotham, Batman episode number seven. Batman is number six. six the sixth episode, Batman is riled. And next time, we'll be looking at Instant Freeze. Tune in Very next exciting. time wherever you find your podcast at the same podcast time, same podcast station. Do you have anything else you want to plug before we go? No, not yet. Uh, I just remembered I have a website, so I'm going to plug that because I just had to pay for hosting. I haven't posted anything on there in ages, but hey, I paid for it. So check out Brady.lol for anything I've created up until about a year ago. Bring money. There's nothing for sale. Yeah, the laughs are free. Enjoy. It's public service. See you next week. Sir, King of Gotham.